Go. <laughs> Welcome everybody back to another episode of Writing Raw. I am here with Cam Cam. Oh yeah. Everybody loves Cam Cam. Mm. I've got Brandon again, a very close and dear friend. Also boss. Yeah, that's right. Boss man. Maybe. <laughs> and then we have Schwa. Schwa was in the first uh, episodes and he's here tonight as well. Hello. And then we have Jay. Hello, hello. First time in history, we're going to start getting more of a female perspective as we talk about uh, these things. And this was a question that we were talking about earlier tonight. So here's the situation. Right now, all of us are sitting around the table and you've got cigars, you've got good conversation. I think there's gin in almost all the cups. Hmm. Um and good conversation flows. What I wanted to do was to have everybody come to the table of these guys that I've been around and these gals, uh, the family, to have a conversation that what we typically talk about. And for the grand scheme of things, a lot of people, you know, they probably think that guys, they sit around, they smoke their cigars and they drink their gin and they talk about a bunch of stupid stuff. But a lot of times it's, Sometimes it's pretty stupid. It's stupid a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it can get serious. Yeah, it can get serious. And it's very creative because there's a, there's a very fine balance, especially with the male mind. We're always trying to be creative and constructive, or well, at least at this table. And I asked Schwa a question. And I said, if you could go back to a time, an era, where would you go? Yeah. So I would go to the 1930s, I believe, just because um, I think everyone kind of knew then. Cars were new. The uh, the whole, like, gasser scene, if anyone knows about that, like the racing. Uh, cars were, were going, like, 80 to 100 miles per hour top speed. And uh, everyone was tweaking with the carburetors and, you know, trying to get any little edge to, you know, beat beat someone to the next red light. I, th- I just think uh, the... Um, that that type of mentality would be awesome to go back to. Yeah, so it was like an analog time. You worked with your hands, that type of stuff. Oh, for sure. Do you think, to them, uh, cars, those cars were cool back then, if you will? Or is it like kind of nostalgic from where we're at right now? F- from where we are right now, yeah, for sure it's nostalgic. Back then, yeah, absolutely the cars were cool. Why were they tweaking them so much? Why are they trying to, you know get back to um i mean get get be faster than the next guy it, it was a cool thing to do and he's like to be a part of that it was just like the new like the hot new cool thing yeah, for sure you know, imagine only a select few ability to be in it yeah um to afford it and do all this other stuff but yeah so knowing you for josh and i we've been working together for six years um knowing you and your personality uh, you're an awesome human being. I, Thank you. And one day, I think you're going to make a hell of a dad. And I'm just going to like pin that to the wall real quick. One day soon, maybe. Who knows? Okay. Announcement. Congratulations. It's nothing like that. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> All right. All right. No, 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 no. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. All right. So continue. I'm going to continue on. But knowing you as a person, um, messing with carburetors, putting your hands into something, it's a lot more intimate. Yeah. Right? I think for you, uh, knowing your, not that I know your your romantic side, but I see the love and the passion that you have for the things around you. So when people, women and men, were messing with these cars and tweaking those carburetors, they're a lot more involved than it is today, if you will. Yeah. Right? You yeah. can download an app. I, I think there's like computers you can plug into your car to give it another 100 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Right, Cam would know this. Yeah. Cam's the street racer. <laughs> He's the cool guy in the room. Put me out there like that, bro. <laughs> but in that time, you did the work to show that love and that appreciation. Mm-hmm. Analog times. That's that's what I love about like film cameras. Yeah. Um, that's what I love about the typewriter. You have to spend your time with it, and yes. when you make a mistake, you have to start over. Yeah. But you have so much love in there that you will start over nonstop and. There have been times when I would write pieces over and over. And you guys have seen them. Mm-hmm. Everybody at this table has seen them. Where I would write these pieces over and over. And like, what do you think about this word or mm-hmm. that word? That type of stuff. Well, there's proof literally on the wall right behind me of mm-hmm. a, a, a film shot that didn't get developed properly. And 
became way better than it could have been, mm-hmm. you know? So right now we're recording this episode for my table inside the house, the writing raw house, if you will, um, with art all over the walls. Art I had to redecorate the walls with. Because at one point, I think the only person who really saw it was probably Brandon. Well, this place was barren, you know? And I was a pool of mess right there on the floor. And Indeed. he sat with me for hours on end. Um, yeah. But these walls have been recovered with, with love and with, with my art. If you were to go back, so the 30s. The 30s, to me, the 30s was a very special time because it was right before. I pin a lot of, I, I talk a lot about Western society. Um, and I started with World War II in the 40s, you know, the, the, the Second Great World War. And after World War II is when America developed this idea to let's build as many babies as possible. I know the last podcast episode we talked about baby boomers, Gen Z, millennials. But baby boomers, they came from that era right after World War II, create as many kids as possible because we had to resupply the population. Um, and I think at that time, America, this is going to tie into later in, in what I want to, I've got these points in front of me, create as many people as possible to create as much tax revenue as possible. So we yeah. need to resupply, restock the population in the country. Now, let's think about this. World War II, the guys are out there fighting. Talk to me about what the women were doing back here in the country. Shaw? Yeah, for sure. The women were, um, like I said earlier, holding the fort down. They were just, uh, they, they were doing all the jobs that the men uh, that were, you know, deployed overseas doing. Um, and they were doing a hell of a job at it, you know. They they were the reason the war was won, you know. Um, I just I, I don't think uh, they were given enough given enough credit, you know. Um, they were doing everything from working in factories, you know, building. Uh, I think I think the Ford plant, you know, for, forgive my ignorance, but I think the Ford uh, plant uh, had been converted to make tanks. Yep, it was something. converted to make tanks. Yep. Yeah, and that was women running that, you know. They they were holding the fort down, not just the home, but the entire United States of America. Yeah, so that's that's one of the, the points that I wanted to really staple. They were in the factories building these things, and then they were going home and they were taking care of the house. Kids, grandparents, you know, taking care of the house. So they're doing both roles. So that happens in the 40s for the, for the Second World War. And then in the 50s, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to split it up into like 10-year increments here. Mm-hmm. In the 50s, it was, to me, the way that I read history, and I, I do like history because I do believe that history teaches us a lot. In the 50s, uh, the guys come back from war, so guys can work these jobs. Yeah. And it was, okay, we need to restock the population. Woman, get your ass back in that kitchen. Make that meatloaf build these kids and feed these kids. So you, you've understood that they were able to do this thing. Yeah. Then you take it away from them and you say, get back in that kitchen and make that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think they weren't given enough credit, you know, um, maybe what I, you know, who, who knows, you know, hindsight 2020, but, um, what I maybe would have done was come home and say, Hey, you did an amazing job doing that. Now I want to take that off your plate because I don't want you to have to deal with that burden anymore. You know what I'm saying? Completely agree. Yeah. So in the 50s, instead of essentially saying that, that's when we started to, I don't know, would you, based on what we're saying right now, Dr. J, Mm -hmm. that's when we started to remove the gender roles from people. Yeah, I think it became more like male dominance, right? Like I'm the male, so I'm going to do this as opposed to what you're saying, Schwa, like the appreciation for like F, you just did this huge thing. I'm so yeah, appreciative. Absolutely. Like I got you. Yeah. And you re- like you do you now, you yeah. know? Yeah. And hey, if you want to still do some yeah, things, more power great. To you, right? Well, what the amazing part too was uh, of this is the women that were doing this job while the men went away 
but also taking care of the home, mm-hmm. the men wouldn't have been able to do that. They wouldn't yeah. have been able to go to the factory Correct. and then gone and taken care of the home. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So in the 50s, you have <clears throat> get back in that kitchen, pump out as many children as possible, and essentially like the, the way that I see it, the way that I perceive it is shut up in color, do what your body's built to do, and let's like make these numbers happen. That's my takeaway from it. Okay. Am I off base to anybody else in here right now? Well, I think no. some of it also had to do with the, the men were away from their wives, and then when they came back, the natural thing to do is... To celebrate. Celebrate. Yeah, and celebrate. sometimes kids come out of that. Yeah, it's kids. So maybe they're having twins or triplets, but usually it takes like 10 months, and then there's that grace period afterwards, right? You pop out a kid, you can't just like get right back in there, if you will. How long does the celebration last? It depends on the person, but yeah, not not that long. And I'm going to tell you this, Brandon. We've been to war, so we kind of know how long the celebration lasts. It's not like crazy. <laughs> it goes on for years, yeah. right? right? What I do believe, it was a kind of a, a like a cultural thing. It was built into them, like, where's your apron? You go to the market. That's where you go. Yeah, and that was built, and then also, I think more so back then, that was the typical family. Mm. You're going to have a husband and wife, and they're going to have yep. two to three kids, maybe more. Absolutely. And so that's the typical family, and I think you can even go back to like the 30s or you know before the 30s. Like To me, I love the roaring 20s. New music, new, like these things are just happening all the time. Creation. Um, still along the same lines. But the typical family, even nowadays, the typical family, the, the culture is you, you build the house, the white picket fence, the match against reviews, the retirement, all these things, and you have the kids. But in there, is there the, the romanticism part that like Schwa is talking about? Actually putting your fingers in there and tuning that carburetor all the time. Constantly doing that work. Does that make sense? It yeah, does. It makes sense. I th- I think um you know people returning from the war back then they weren't in control of anything, you know, when they were fighting. I think once you once you get home, now you have something that is yours, your house, you know, your wife, your kids. Control. You have control mm-hmm. now, and maybe that went a little too overboard. Correct. And that's that's what I believe as well. There was the mission there. Believe in the country, you just won this great thing where you know, we're one big team, and this these, this is your new mission statement. Pump out as many kids as possible. Baby boom. Yeah. Boom, 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 based on this model. All right? So let's take this to the next decade. 40s, 50s, women get in the kitchen, do your thing. And it could have been out of, like like you're saying, Brandon, not all of it was is out of malice. And I'm not speaking like the guys are doing this out of malice. But at some point in the 50s, this is the question I have. When did love notes stop? When did the slow dancing stop, if you will? Instead of just create these kids, create these kids, create these kids, if you will. Um, what's the, where's the romance, the romanticism, like like Shaw was talking about? It's almost like it, the, I don't know. I, my my uh, view on it is romance went out when like record players went out. When TVs hit the living rooms, you know, there's no more like drop the needle and dance in the living room with a record player and a couch in it. You know, absolutely. But in in the grand scheme of things, like even if you were to fast forward all the way to today, you've got cable, Wi-Fi, you have these things. Um, When did and think about this, because I've been married before. Schwa's married. Cam's got a girlfriend. You know, something pretty serious. Hmm. Do you ever watch that TV show from other ends of the couch? Or do you actually sit next to each other? That's romanticism right there, when you're, like, yeah. connected on oh, the yeah. couch. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Right cool. there. Part of it, was, it's hard for us, too, to guess what they were doing in the 50s, you know, because we weren't there to witness it. Uh, mm-hmm. The best I could guess is, you know, observing my grandparents, which was were was their time in the 50s and by the time i was old enough to notice anything with them neither sets of my grandparents did i see any romanticism okay okay so i'm going to combat that because i kind of know your parents a little bit 
What do they do every day together? Take a walk. They take a walk together. They do that every day. Unless it's what? What happens when they don't walk with each other? What has to happen for them not to walk with each other? It's got to be really cold and snowy and icy out. And what temperature is that? Oh. The last time you talked to them, what was the temperature where they said, like, it's too cold? Below zero. Exactly. Below zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for, and for my parents, though, and they got, they're going to have their 50th wedding anniversary, so. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. But uh, when I still see them, even today, when I go back home, and if we go out to see the, you know, walk in the, the hills, the mountains or whatever, I'll go ahead and take pictures. And uh, one of the walks, uh, I, went, I went way ahead. And then when I looked back, and just naturally, they were walking together, holding hands and swinging their arms, not even knowing they were doing it. Mm. You know, and I got a great picture of it. Wow. So it was really cool to see two people that have been together that long. And it's just natural to them. Yep. And it doesn't, it has nothing to do with like, uh, to me, it has nothing to do with that, the record player or the TV or these things. It's just being in that space with each other. That's true. I think it, just like everything else, depends on the people. The reason I use that, because um, you're very young, Cam. Well, and that's the reason, okay. The reason I use that example is because that's something that, that I do with my girlfriend is we like have all this technology. It may not be through a record player, it's through a Bluetooth speaker, but um, probably once a week we all like all the lights are off. We have like a candle or something's on. It's just the vibe is there. We put like, say you want to dance, and we'll put some music on. We have a whole playlist. It's like our songs. Barry White. No, no, it's usually like <laughs> Marvin Gaye. Um, <laughs> How do you know Marvin Gaye? Cam? <laughs> but the like this is I use that example because it's something I know that um, is something that's special. Yeah, but I think to your point, Cam, too, right? You're talking about TV coming out in the 50s. Hmm. I don't know what TV was like, but what was media like? And what kind of things were being portrayed, right? As <laughs> the, the household, what was the male doing? What was the woman doing? And so I think if you think about it from the media standpoint, that's also a very strong influence of what started to happen in culture and still yeah. to this day affects what, yeah. what happens. Do you think it's possible from like a a war shock of like uh, all these guys coming back from war and they've, you know, let's say a lot of them go in 18, 19, especially that war. I mean, they saw a lot of their friends die and that was their purpose was to be the machine for the States. And then after the war, they get cut loose again. And, you know, what else do they have to do other than what they biologically know? Like the only thing I'm capable of now is making kids. And so after World War II, it is the evidence is there that there weren't any programs set up for um, post-traumatic stress disorder, these types of things. It wasn't even known about, right? It wasn't even known about, yeah. yeah. There was, at the time, um, alcoholism was so bad. And it was actually in the uh, the book that we read. And for anybody out there, it's another book recommendation I have. Unbroken. Cam, you just finished it. Fantastic. I don't read, and it was incredible. Greatest book I've ever read. Yeah, uh, me as well. Uh, and the last chapter of it was, you know, this guy, this Olympian, this great man, he saw so many things. And he still turned to the bottle and he got saved by, and at the time, uh, the church was traveling. Yeah, the Billy Graham crusade. The Billy Graham crusade. So these these guys, if you were, you know, were, they didn't know where they were at in their heads. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were trapped in that primal mode. They were. So I do think, and this is going to go, like I said earlier, to Schwa, we're going to tie it into the government side of things where it's like people come back and you're broken. Like you did win the war, of course, at what cost and the long-term effects of it, mm -hmm. you know, let's pump out as many kids. And at that time, it's like a, when I say primal, I think of like dog. I think of a dog. Dog is for the most part, primal sit, eat. I'm going to let you outside to go to the bathroom. So when you do come back from a war like that, and we've seen people like this uh, professionally, where you come back from a situation like that, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Just give me guidance. Just give me my mission again. Just tell me what is my mission. And if at the time the mission is repopulate this country so we can get some more kids here to, for more people in the next 20 years. Because I don't know, I think that there was a, there was a study done. There's every X amount of 
10 or 20 years that there's another great war. Isn't there something like that? Yeah, something like that, yeah. It's, there's there's like math behind it. It is. <laughs> yeah. It's like every now and then, or what is it? Every uh, every couple of hundred years, like the next greatest empire falls. Oh, yeah. You're so, because like... Um, yeah. What, what the, the Romans, Romans, yeah, and that's so every, Khan, every century, yeah. every century, like, century, like calls, the yeah. next, and I think next up, they they're, they're like predicting that America is going to fall, like that's just it's in the cards, yeah. that's going to fall. So you try to prepare for that if you're the you know the bigger entity running the country, if you will. But let's go back to the for, the the forties. You have the big war, the fifties. Um, Western culture starts to sink in. Get the house, get the kids, get the fence to control everything. Go on those vacations, get the uh, the retirement. I think somewhere along within that time frame, because we're trying to do so much, that the love notes get missed. The uh, those little things get missed. It's because it's just what you're supposed to do. Just pump those kids out. Pump those kids out. The more kids you pump out, the more tax money comes, so we can invest back into this quote unquote great country. And it is a great country. So that's, go ahead. All right, so the, know, 50, yeah. the 50s, the 60s, um, when people started getting, coming into these more unnatural roles, I think, is what's starting to happen. The 60s, you have, you know, flower power. People are starting to revolt against it. It shouldn't be this industry. I'm not just a number on your factory line. Um, it's industrial. So then flower power starts, the peace, the, uh, you know, let's think about it from this other perspective. And protesting as well. Protesting as well. So, Many things protesting. So I think going back uh, a, a few years, you know, going backwards um, before that, uh, <clears throat> I think um, the okay. <laughs> I lost it. No, that's <laughs> fine. I lost that's it, yeah. completely fine. So the fifties, the Western culture starts to pick back up. The sixties, you start to revolt against it. Uh, picketing, the protesting, flower power. The that obviously didn't win, because I mean. You, Brandon, were you around when like the girl put the flower in the gun barrel and they took that picture? No, I'm not that old. Okay, <laughs> were you around? Were you there? <laughs> Maybe your mom and dad though, right? Yeah. But eventually, um, government over like the hippies, if you will, peace, love, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. That fad faded away. Yeah, uh, I suppose, uh, and and it was right around the. I suppose the towards the end of the Vietnam War, mm -hmm. maybe that had something to do with it. I, I'm not really sure. Yeah. But uh, also, you know, people got back into more business. Uh, Correct. You know, way of life. So around the business side of life, so you start around the '70s, okay. You get around to the business side of life, and I do believe that that's when people started on their instant gratification. You know, you talk about um, cocaine, disco, music. Like, what are the things that, like, created our culture, if you will? You have these other things going on with, with life. But you start focusing more on, like, the fun things. The the gateways, if you will. Um, the disco years through the 70s. Through the 80s, I think that's when feminism really started to pick up. Because, to me, that's when women, like, they they finally stood up for themselves and they said, hey... We did these great things in the 50s. Um, we try to break away from this in the 60s and the 70s. To me, what I think the female, that's why feminism started is the male failed us to grant us this freedom. So now we're going to have to do it on, on ourselves. We're going to have to do this ourselves. And in the 80s was the greatest surge of divorce rates until like you get into like nowadays. But in the 80s, that was the first great surge where women were like, no more. No mas. I'm done with this. And why is that? Because they wanted to break what they've been fighting for, but the man next to them couldn't get it done. That's what I think. So maybe like going back to the love letter thing, the love letters may have stopped, like you said earlier. Um, it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't last years. It it lasts months, maybe weeks. You know, so maybe maybe um, maybe these guys came back from war, you know, and had their little you know second honeymoon phases. And um, and now they have this whole industrial complex set up for them that they're not used to. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, like I said earlier, forgive my ignorance. I'm not sure, but um, maybe they were told what 
they should um, have the white picket fence, the retirement. Correct. All these things are now set up for them, which then takes control again. Yes. Now, now you're um, you're you're told you need to do these things, and now the woman is like, oh, uh, so th- so then the men do these things, and then the woman is like, this isn't enough, or this isn't what I had in. in this in isn't the direction that we. As a couple, as a relationship, you're going in the wrong way from what what I think was naturally supposed to happen. And at this time, do you think then the women wanted more independence? I personally don't think that the women wanted more independence. I think that they wanted their man to stand up for them. But in, in their mind, the male was failing to stand up for them. Yeah, Marketing at the time, and Dr. J, this is where you can come in. Marketing, and I don't know if you know, like in the history of those things. I remember commercials growing up as a kid. Brandon, I'm sure you will too. Nowadays, marketing is granted more towards women as the consumer. But in the 80s, was marketing granted more towards the male? Brandon, as you were coming up. Boy, trying to remember that. uh, Okay. You know, I didn't pay much attention to the commercials, I guess. Okay. I don't mean to cut you off. No, I, go. I think, yes, absolutely it was marketed toward the men. I absolutely do. And if you look at today's commercials, the men are made to look like fools. You know? Like, you, you are not, you know, you're, you're the bumbling male nowadays in the commercials. And that's just not how it is. Really. Absolutely. So let's spin it another way. How about this, Brandon? And this is, this is in your wheelhouse. When did professional sports really start to take off? How about that? Well, uh, probably, I would say, when it really got popular, it, it went along with kind of cable TV. Okay. So in the early 80s, it's fairly popular, but then the mid-80s, it really started to take off. Okay, so right there. Um, sports really started to take off. Because in the 70s or the 60s, like a football player. Um, Oh yeah, some some of those players going back to playing, they had uh, part time jobs after the season was over, yep. or full time jobs yep. after the season all was over. So in the eighties, let's say the sports scene really t- starts to take off. Um, males are competitors, right? And now you get to see sports all the time, to the point where, as a child, you want to be John Elway. Yeah, almost uh, any kid that played sports. That was the goal, was to be a professional athlete. And at that time, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of sports for the women to play. Uh, you know, and starting in the, the 70s, there was some women's sports. And uh, it wasn't until uh, the colleges started to say, hey, if, if uh, men are going to have this many sports programs, the women have to have the same. And so what it was, if there was three men's sport at a college, they had to have three women's sports. And to me, that uh, really advanced uh, what we have today for the sports in uh, that the women can participate in. So would you think that we're advertising sports more on TV, and obviously TV is one of the, it's a big consumer thing that people are doing in their off time. Mm-hmm. Instead of working on the carburetors on their hot rods, you're watching TV. Yeah, there's a lot more TV. There's a lot now. more TV. There's a lot more entertainment. Um, to me, I like using sports because sports come with stats, numbers, these types of things that guys can compare. It's like simple math, right? It can entertain the male mind, us. When they start showing more sports, does it make you want to be that guy? Oh, I would think so. Uh, well, and not only to that, but if if a lot of times you see a successful businessman, if if you like business, then also you want to compare yourself. Like, man, I want to be as successful as that person. But business is not going to be as entertaining as sports. No, because they I mean, have colors on jerseys. You're playing a game for yep. money. Yep, uh, you're playing a game for money. Yeah. So I, what I what I do believe, so in the 80s, this big, like 80s was big. The 80s was more entertainment, more marketing to the male mind to keep you on track, to keep us on track. And finally, that's when, of course, 
I mean, that's that's in the, the history of feminism. That's when he- feminism started. And to me, it's, damn it. You can pay more attention to this game. You can see these players. You can see how many yards. Uh, I know Emmett Smith was like in the 90s. It's one of my favorite players. But, I mean, he had this many rushing yards this year. He's got 1,926 rushing yards this year. But you don't even know what color dress that she was wearing when she was making dinner for the kids, if you will, right? Yeah. And it's like, so now you're starting to, and I think that's where we start to, to tear away from the fabric of who we are as you know, man and woman together in a relationship. You know more about this other man that you'll never meet in your life mm-hmm. more than you will about me who's making dinner for these kids and for you. How about that? That's, get, that's perspective. Yeah, I can see that. Wow. Right? And it's, why the hell would I stick around for that? Oh, for sure. You wouldn't want to. Mm. But along the lines from like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, the male mind is being brainwashed to contribute to this this thing, this bigger entity, if you will. And the whole time we're getting entertained. That's what I think. We're getting entertained. Well, being entertained, you're not in entertaining your wife. And nope. then because you're being entertained. You, like your mind, your mind is consumed to this. She is no longer your life. Correct. And so like, so what is your mission? Your mission can very easily be put in this little box. Hey man, what all I'm expecting of you is to find the woman, get the house, have the kids, have lots of kids, build a white picket fence. Take them out on the every couple of years. We're going to go out on this vacation like we talked about in the last episode. Pay attention to these small things. I'm going to entertain you along the way. Just give me what I need right here. Short bursts of entertainment is what you're saying. Instant gratification. Yeah. And the 80s is welcome to the world of instant gratification. That's what I yeah. that's what I do believe. I don't know if I don't know if I completely agree with all of that because just because it's there. You're, you're saying there's a mass lack of appreciation towards wives because sports are there. Like I don't think that's um, just because it's socially acceptable. Is that what you're saying? Because I don't I don't think that because there's an outlet for entertainment that means it's acceptable for people to just abandon you know their wives. Oh, it's not acceptable. No, it's just kind of what happened. But do, uh, what I'm asking is because, I mean, right now we have more entertainment than ever and people are, you know, not doing um, like they were in the 50s because it's not as socially acceptable. Everybody knows like that was a that was a no go. Um, but why? Like, is it just because that was the normal thing to do then or was well, it? The, here's my thing. Do you think you're capable of more? Me like right now? Anybody, yeah. Everybody oh, yeah, is. Always. Everybody is. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying like guys shouldn't, and I, I, I catch some flack from this, like guys should have their time as well. And guys should have their time. And not everybody's built the same. Like me, I don't want to watch sports. I used to watch sports a lot. Like I followed hockey through and through. Here's the deal. I knew what these guys were doing in the off season. I knew what they were doing during the playoffs, during the regular season. I committed a lot of my time to watch these stats how many goals did you hit how many how much ice time did you have and i was so emotionally and i think that's where the key is like emotionally invested in this thing that i no longer had an emotional investment to my partner that's that's what i think it's one thing to be entertained it's another thing to be emotionally invested because in the grand scheme of things like males we've been removed we, we don't really know our emotionality yeah. Well, I, I would disagree with you on that, uh, based on, cause yeah, I know how into hockey you were, but also you were providing plenty of emotional support for your wife at the time. True. But also when you say that you're providing plenty to this other person, that's saying, um, to me, the way that I hear that is, okay, you should always like, everything should be 50, 50. like, you're providing enough. So you're meeting on the playing ground. Out of 100%, everybody should be 50-50. But there are, like, we're not not always going to be 50-50. There's going to be times where, and I mean even in our relationship, there's going to be times when Brian's at 20%, so Dave has to be 80%, right? Yeah. 
And the same thing in in the marriage and any relationship. You're never going to be a full 50 or a full 100, if you will. Yeah. So, if it, it might happen on rare occasions where everything is clicking uh, just right. Mm-hmm. So there are times that you were going to have to give more. And even we could say, like, I gave so much. What else do you want from me? More. And I don't think that people understand how much more they can give. I honestly don't believe that. I honestly do believe that. People don't know how much they can give. You think like this, I'm tapped out and I'm tired. You're not tired yet. You can go so much deeper. You just have to remove all the bullshit that we've been built around to believe that this is where we tap out at. Yeah. I think I'm hungry. I need to eat some McDonald's on the way home. No, you don't. That isn't like, like, no. Stop believing this stuff that we've been built to believe. That's, 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 that's my thought on it. I would agree with that. I think, um, so like one of the things that I was um, told was a marriage is not 50-50. It's 100-100. And I don't even think it's 100-100. I think it's 120, 30, 40, 50, 150. Afterburner. Yeah, for sure. You got to put everything you have into it or it's just not going to work, you know? Um, you know, like like you said, like if 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 she needs to stop at McDonald's, yeah, maybe I'll disagree with you here. But if she needs to stop at McDonald's, I'm I'm pulling over. You well, know what I that's, mean? That's yes, that's you the know? thing though, because even inside of you, are like you don't need to stop at McDonald's, but I'm willing to do this for oh, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna drive 15 minutes out of the way, even though I need to get home. Correct. Because I got work the next day. You mm-hmm. know, like we're stopping. You know? Yeah, and and that uh, you know the 150, 125, whatever. Uh, yeah. But uh, what I think Dave is saying is Josh you may be running at 150 but your wife isn't running she's running at say 30 oh, on yeah. that time yeah. so that's where that 50% kind of yeah like, yeah you know yeah takes over a little bit yeah all right so we went through the 50s the 60s the 70s the 80s and the 80s was the high divorce rate spike within the countries, you know, the, in our history. The first great divorce spike. Like, enough of this shit. Um, it is data that 72, 75% of marriages are filed by the female, or filed by the woman. And a lot of it, I think, is she's like, she's, she's done by whatever means it is. Um... Moving forward, and this is where I'm going to spin it a little bit. Moving forward, the divorce rates are going up from the 80s through the 90s. And, of course, there's some lulls in there. Um, if there's kids involved, what for, for like my situation, kids are involved. The state typically does award the kid in a favor more to the mothers than they do the father's. And here's my, um, and I know I sent all you guys like uh, that graph that showed, I think out of the 50 states, Mm -hmm. it's like more than 30 of them. Uh, It's like, how much time do you spend with your dad? Like 50% was the highest. Yeah, 50% was the highest. And it was only six states, right? Yeah, it was only six states. Because there's only only six states with legislation to actually try to really lobby the the court system to have the kids spend... 50% 50% with the mom, 50% with the dad. Yeah. And I do believe, and I've been, I've been looking for the David feverishly to try to, you know, without the dad in the, the role that he should be in with the kid, does it create worse numbers for society long-term? I do believe it's out there and I will find it. I will find it. I will see, because there was data from like 1995 that said a kid only or like 20% of the time raised in a, a single mother home is 10 times more likely to be incarcerated. Um, t- 10 times more likely to be the active shooter in a school. These types of things, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not, it's not taken away from the mother. Like the mother is trying to yeah, provide. Not at all. But the absence of the father and the absence of what the father brings to the table yeah. to that child. And why do these states still have these legislations that seem to favor the mother. Yeah. Well, and one thing that I did read, it said that uh, 
the government saw that the mother was more emotionally, could provide more emotional stability for the child. So that's what they thought, right? And there's no like data backing that up. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, so when the father isn't as involved as much, it's like, why are they continuing on this trajectory? Right now, the numbers are trending in a very bad way, right? Um, the shootings are up. Uh, divorce divorce rates are still up. People in credit card debt are still up. Poverty rates are up. All the numbers are in the wrong direction. It's a bad business model, but we still like continue to lead our youth to my, in my opinion, to the slaughter. Is it still uh, in uh, some of these states? Is it still because of an older way of thinking, where? the child does belong to the mother is similar to when I suppose uh, when the the married couple splits up a lot of the judges will say well the male should provide so he's got to pay the alimony he's paying more out than the woman in most cases not all but but a majority yeah majority it is I mean just the graph I showed you guys where I thought you were just going with that maybe it was um, I saw something at some point. It was maybe we were talking about it. I forget where I heard it, but that um, it was known when these laws were made that the man was working and the woman wasn't. Um, the kid needs money for diapers, milk, food. Which they do. Yeah. Makes sense. yeah. And since the woman wasn't working, you give the kid to the woman, the man goes to work, and he provides. Boom. Um, but with that not being what we live in anymore and it hasn't been for a long time doesn't really make as much sense yeah it's outdated yeah i was gonna say when i was growing up i remember kids in the neighborhood getting divorced or kids of divorce it was the the mom was at home and so that's why the mom's got priority custody but the culture has completely shifted Mm -hmm. and there has to be some kind of adjustment for that because i think the female is working just as much now yeah, yeah I, think it's, are, I think it's equal. Just like, I mean, there was a lot of push for equality, especially in the job force, and it's here. You know, it happened uh, for the most part. So why isn't why haven't other things switched with that? You know, there has to be equality, and now let's start judging where the kids go to on characteristics and morale instead of, you know, man's got to go to work and provide because he's got to pay that alimony. And you say, why hasn't it switched? Yeah. What were we talking about before, Dave? <laughs> because go, 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 it's, go, go. <laughs> it's not designed for that to work you know the more taxpayers you have the more jobs that are being worked the more revenue tax revenue is uh you know given to the state mm-hmm. so if the man is um working two jobs to pay that alimony or to pay that child support now the government is getting more money you know Yeah, and this is where we're about to go in takeoff mode, and there's a big-ass smile on Brandon's face right now. (laughs) Uh, We're going to use, like, this this example. We're going to use Hung. Okay. Are you comfortable going there? Sure. All right, we're going to go there, because I think it needs to be said. (laughs) And obviously, we can't put Hung on the microphone, because it would be a firestorm. (laughs) Indeed. It would be. It would be an hour-long rant. It would be. (laughs) And he would continue... After it was over. And we would give him the airspace for it because, I mean, love the guy to death, biggest heart. He would give a shirt to anybody. Yeah. All right, so run with it. Well, uh, he met uh, a woman through his mom in Vietnam. He's originally from Vietnam, came over here when he was around three or four. And uh, basically, uh, his mom introduced him to this this woman because culturally yeah uh, that's how it in that's a sense it's culturally like uh hey you should marry a vietnamese woman you're vietnamese arranged marriages yeah in their culture and, in the united mm-hmm. you know it's yeah and so they were married and then he went through the paperwork got her to the united states with a plan that she would go to school and she would learn a craft and be able to work and it would be a partnership. And once she got here, she learned a little bit of English, got a part-time job at a nail salon, and then she just quit going to school. 
and basically quit uh, trying to better herself and find a more, uh, how do you, uh, I want it to mean the industry, but you know, a, a job that was more suitable for the lifestyle they wanted. And he worked plenty hard. Uh, at about any given time, he had two or three jobs. And so when things weren't working out, they had a child together. Things fell apart, and she left, got a lawyer. And he had to pay a lot of her lawyer fees. He had to pay his lawyer fees. And then he had to pay an outrageous amount of money. And it was so outrageous. And the alimony child support and the lawyer's fees he had to get another job which Josh like Josh is saying now he's paying even more taxes so 50% of what he's making is going for taxes because he's making so much but the money he's giving to her is taxed on him but not taxed on her yeah so basically uh, how did this happen how does someone come from nothing and now is she is making more than well the four of us that work together correct than than we are making yeah and she's working a part-time job yeah hmm. and going back to like the original point so okay the system played against his favor he has to pay more money in taxes the government's making more money off of him. Somebody else is getting a better life because of him. So he's providing. I think now he's doing three jobs for sure. Yeah. Um, he's and it, I, Hung's working himself to the nub. We see it every day, right? Now, spin it to the child side of things. Let's say he gets 24, 25% custody of the kid. Now, Schwa, this is where I spin it back to you. The numbers for suicide, the numbers for um, incarceration, the numbers for poverty, uh, these numbers are so inflated based on the divorces and these kids that are not being equally spread between the mother and the father. Let me ask you this. Why? Would you continue keeping a child in this situation? So yeah, you would uh, like you would continue keeping the child in this situation because what does it do for the um, you know the, the big uh, big brother? <laughs> it it makes another weak person that's just gonna like you said earlier sit down in color or shut yeah. up in color. You know they're just gonna be someone that you know goes to work does their eight hours a day or whatever it may be and um you know they're gonna come home they're not gonna consume too much you know because you you've made video games and social media the uh you know the most important things in their lives you know absolutely so they're not consuming but they are generating they are generating for the for, yep. for the you know for big brother so, who, so once again, you're in the age, like in the 80s when sports first came out, you're just, you're entertaining the male mind. Yeah. And now instead of, the crazy thing to me is, and I think this is where uh, the digital side of the world has really taken over and it's out of the government's control because now you've made porn, and, but now the government is getting involved in porn. In certain states, you can't watch porn unless you like, I think in, it was in Louisiana. Louisiana was the first state to say, you have to show your identification through your card, whatever, whatever, so on and so forth. But now porn is so relevant that you don't even have to go out there and try to get laid. How about that? To feel a woman's touch. Well, either way, through porn, you don't feel a woman's touch. But you're not getting entertained on that sexual side. Yeah. So you don't have to work for that anymore. Yeah. And I think you get so accustomed to not having to work for it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to work for it. So, so now it's, it's like, fast food for your sexual lifestyle as well. Yeah. And then uh, maybe maybe this whole movement towards the you know the, the feminism thing, not real feminism, but this uh, this this crazy feminism we see now. Um, maybe they're trying to make more men that just 
you know, go to work and consume. You know? Like a factory. Yeah. Something, something easy. Play video games when you get home from work or something. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what it is. There's consumables all over the place. I mean, even when you're at work, I'm guilty of it, as are a lot of people. As I've, you know, if I have a spare minute or so, I'm scrolling TikTok. I have something, something to... Like hit Wait, me. you scroll TikTok at work? Be working? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You should probably be working, Cam. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Shit, my boss is here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, everything's right at your fingertips. There's always consumables. There's the people who don't want to go out and have drive can go to work, not scroll TikTok, and then go home and play video games, look at porn, go to bed, restart. restart? And that's their life. Yep. Um takes no fossil fuels it takes no you know yeah n- nothing that's like tangibly nothing nothing tangible you know yeah. it's just something that's produced for you to you through the internet basically like, through the web you know yeah and the crazy thing is they're not hurting anybody until they pass it down at some point they well, think about those behaviors to other people think about the passing it down side of things technology is advancing so fast i mean it is at a crazy level crazy level to the point in five to ten years um, you could shoot your load and be building babies they're doing it with like animals right now you could shoot your load send it in USPS or whatever and I mean let's just say that you could be building a child in an embryo in a factory made embryo think I mean honestly think about that yeah the science is right around the corner for all this stuff Mm. yeah everything's just too i mean but what separates those people we know people who live that lifestyle that we just talked about yep and we Um, work around them every day yeah and it's i mean that same exact thing is available to every single one of us but we don't we don't take it why is that because those people are content and we understand that there's more to this correct There's, there's more to this yeah why why should i waste my life staring at a screen when there's the Grand Canyon out there, mm-hmm. I can go look at, you know, and just be in awe, you know, yeah. and all these things God created that are just amazing. Yeah. The screen is man-made. That's nothing you need to look at. You don't even need to look at that, you know. Well, and back to camp, you, you, what were you referring to? Say it doesn't hurt anybody. Um, you know, you you could argue that if somebody wants to live their life in in their shadows. Um, you know, they go to work, they do their job, they go home, they stare at a screen until they have to go to work again. Um, it could, I, I, I would even say, I was about to say it could be argued, but I would say that they're not affecting anybody else while doing that until they have, you know, and the, the people I'm talking about are the people that we know live by themselves in their own life and, you know, they don't have to really support anybody. They don't have children. They're not passing it on to anybody. They could go and do this for the rest of their life till they die, and nothing would come from it, I believe. Well, I think they're still hurting themselves, and they might be hurting the their loved ones. Yes. Good point. Yeah, absolutely. The people that care about them. Yeah. 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 I was going to clarify, like, and you said it, if they don't have a partner, they don't have the kids, right? But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do have the partner, and they do have the kids, and they are doing a lot of those things. Yeah. And so it comes back to, I think we guys talked about earlier with sports. It's like, yeah, there's no harm in it. It's a cultural thing. But if you are prioritizing that over your family or knowing as much about a sports team as your wife or your family, I think that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. It's that instant gratification that takes away from you getting to know yourself and see what's possible for you to expand and explore. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, it's like, do we want our culture, if it's not hurting anyone and we're just building all these people, and it's like, okay, as long as you don't hurt anyone, is that the culture we want as well? You know, do we want our kids to grow up in that? So, so what happens when the standards, the, you know, the the children have, children that have grown up in the standardized education grow up, and now they're doing the same thing as these people that are just, you know, playing video, going to work, you know, paying their taxes. Existing, you know, what mm-hmm. happens when all those people that's the majority, you know, now what? 
now all they are is revenue. Don't grow. They're just revenue. They're they're not individuals because mm-hmm. they all do the same thing. All I got to do is come out with a new what a Grand Theft Auto every five years or whatever. Yeah, they're not enough. living. They're not living. Yeah. You know, they're not consuming. And they're not. Ch- well, I think one of the biggest things, and you still haven't like hit on this point, and that's why I keep on shaking your cage. <laughs> they don't challenge. Yeah. They don't challenge. Yeah, they don't. They don't so challenge. like you look at this table right now. Um, it's a Thursday night. We've got tomorrow off, and you've got. Just some people sitting around a table, expending their time, not getting paid for it, having a good time, right? Because we're conversing about deeper things. Because we are challenging, like, why the hell are we here? Cam's 25. He's got an awesome girlfriend. He could be, you know, but instead of, like, watching your whatever show you guys watch together, (laughs) you're... You're having this conversation to challenge it. Yeah. And I respect it and I love that about you. You're looking for something bigger. To me, I've got a child in this world and I know you're the type of man that when you do raise your kids, it's going to be, you're, you're trying to create something better in this world. Brandon, you've done that overall time and time again when you've watched me lay in a puddle of tears and just fall asleep on that floor because you believed in me. And I love you for that. And I appreciate every moment of you, you know. I'm happy to do it. And and Schwa, you've got this deep, dark side of you where it's like it makes a lot of sense. It does. Because you see it all as like factory farming. Let's just put it as it's factory farming. It might not be dark. It's more of a light. (laughs) Sure. It's realism. It's Yeah. In his mind, it's realism. But I mean, I see you on on the work side of things. No offense to Yam, but you don't like... You don't get addicted to the scrolling through the through the TikTok. Mm-hmm. You you know the phone's down. Your phone is always dead, and it pisses us off. <laughs> like earlier tonight, <laughs> we're gonna go meet, but your phone is dead because you're like you're off the grid. Yeah, you're off the grid, and you're like I don't buy into this this shit. Yeah, you don't buy into this shit, and I love that about you. Love that about you. Well, thank you. And in the that event like lot. that, my kid needs somebody like. I trust, it's everybody at this table right now, I trust every one of you, if something was to happen to me, uh, whatever it is, that you're the type of person, the type of man who would lead my kid, because I believe in your beliefs. I just do. Every one of you. That's why I bring him around so much. Let me bounce one more question off you, after that whole thing. And it's something that I just recently talked about with my friend, who... uh, listens to these regularly and comes with new questions that's the by the way the best part of all this is after we finish we get we talk for another hour after what we just talked about after my friends listen to it we talk for hours about the content like that's how it spreads but um we talked about the the type of people and uh the type of people that kind of go around in this world like how we are like me, you, my friend I was talking, Josh, anybody, there's there's a reason we would never be satisfied with working a minimum wage job for our whole thing. I don't know why. It's just how we are. You could put the simple answer, it's how we were raised or whatever. There are people who are fine with that. But why do you think, you know, a more di- a, a more in-depth answer to that other than it's how you were raised? Like what, what creates that quality of person? The beautiful thing that we have within our and- – a lot of the time we spend, what would you say, like 10 hours together, uh, four days a week, like a true 10 hours, five oh, days yeah. a week. Even when we have to go on our, like the deployments. And oh, yeah, to, and even more than that. And and really, uh, the amount of time we spend together, we spend more time with each other at work than any of you do with your girlfriends or wives. Correct. Absolutely. And, and that's sad. It is, yeah. I'll but that's that's the reality of where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. And we make the most of it. Oh, for sure. And I think what we do to answer you, Yam, is when we talk about um, it's something that Matt was talking about in the last podcast. He skir- he was skirting around it, not that he was intending to, but there. I honestly do believe one of the biggest tragedies to the people around us in in this world right now is we don't understand what our values are. We don't like 
because it's it's a it's a form of respect to ourselves. We don't know what we really stand for. What are you willing to die for? What are your values? And as we converse and we talk about these things, you can have Cam can have a different opinion than me, Brandon, Schwa, Doctor J. We could all have different opinions, but what we're doing is we're understanding that difference of opinion and we're thinking about it instead of just like shutting it off and walking away. Like I'm not listening to a damn thing you're saying. We're thinking about. I don't agree with you. And in that moment, we're saying, I don't agree with you because of, because I believe in this. And it's establishing more of the values within ourselves. It's making us a stronger person. Not all of us, we're not built to think exactly the same way, which is exactly, it's one of the reasons why I like, I love Schwa's perspective on things so much. It's because if we all have the same values, we're all the same farm animals. Yeah, and we have a lot of similar values. We do, but maybe a different way to go about it. Like for me, I know you. You're a very religious man. I respect that in you. I'm not as religious. But we come to we come together to, to know and understand like what we think is right. At the end of the day, it's right. Right? Yeah. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. These types of things. Um, we both believe it. I come from a different perspective than you. And we, we respect each other with it. Oh, yeah. yeah and... and- also, one of the harder things to do is to see someone who doesn't have similar values and trying to figure out, and how are we going to make this uh, a team? And we still do make it a team. We do. Mm-hmm. And we do because I honestly do believe that one of the biggest things, and I talked about in the last podcast episode, trust is so, so huge. So huge. Yes. That you won't feel, and for a man or, or even a woman, to feel disrespected, like understanding what you stand for. You can say what you need to say and just say it, and there's going to be no judgment here. Let's let's just talk. That's all we're trying to do is talk. And at least I know where you stand with things, so I can stand next to you. You can stand next to me. You can sit next to me. I know where you stand in this line with me. You don't even need to stand next to them. You could just respect them, like yeah. you said. You can, I respect your opinion. Yeah. I may not agree with you at all. We may be on, you know, you may be North Pole. I may be South Pole, but, you know, I respect what you believe. And that's it is what it is, you know. Oh, yeah. And that's, uh, you know, it's pretty pure when someone has the opposite thoughts, values, and you still are able to be close to these people. Oh, Correct. Absolutely. Well, that's and that's why I keep on going back to like my personal belief is we're all full of love yes and it's like i love every one of you and you could say something that i don't believe in but i still love you yes yeah yeah and even if somebody was to come into this house right now i don't agree with what you're saying i still respect you i still love you i will still fight that perpetrator with you yeah Yeah. because i believe in what you believe in Mm -hmm. or i i stand by what you believe in i respect what you believe in. even if you don't believe what they believe in you respect them you respect them as a person correct so you would fight with them yeah you know yeah This was awesome. This was awesome. <laughs> this is the first podcast episode that we've done here in the house. Uh, the first podcast episode, we've got five speakers. I think the more speakers we add, it starts to get a little bit more. I think we talked about it before, Cam. It's like four. Four is tops. Like four is a lot. There's, yeah. there's a lot of things going. But five, this felt very comfortable. Yeah. Um, and it felt very comfortable because, I don't know. At a table full of family, <laughs> and Schwa saying because of gin, tapping that because gin. of gin. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a public speaker. <laughs> you did a great job. Yeah, you did. Yeah, thank. I'm you. very proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. All around, good job, Schwa. You got over your stage fright. Um, I want to thank Schwa for coming out to the land of lovers. Anytime. That's Virginia for you, baby. Yeah. Oh, Brandon, I've always loved you. You're love the you godparent to my child. I love you to death. Cam, as always, the crowd loves you. You've got a beautiful face. Nobody's seen it yet. Appreciate that. Except for us. Yeah. And yeah. Dr. J, the first time that you made an appearance, the first female to come on to the podcast and give the real feminine perspective. Again. Again. I'll just say real quick, I didn't <laughs> talk a lot, but I think it's really important for the female to actually listen to males. I think a lot of times we can, you know, shut you guys out or write you off and 
even if what you're saying we don't agree with, I think there's a lot of insight that if women would actually listen, like you guys are sharing your hearts a lot of this time. And even if we don't agree, like you guys are talking about that respect, right? There's just something to be learned. And so I get a lot from listening to you guys. You guys are great men. And so for me, it's a pleasure to just kind of sit back and, and observe and absorb. That's so awesome. Thank you. You're awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for seeing us. And for and that's that's what this is. We're completely pouring out the heart. It's everything we've learned, our experience, our, you know, nobody at this table right now is talking about this stuff in order to try to what I think some people would uh, assume to be to get status, push an agenda or something. Push an agenda. Yeah. Now get, we're just uh, continually, you know, trying to learn to grow. Yeah. You've got right now four guys at the table. There's other guys that come across the podcast. Cobra, you know, love Cobra to death. I love that man. Um, Matt was the last podcast episode. Just trying to learn. We're trying to grow, and we're trying just trying to, to understand so we can make something better in the future. I appreciate everybody. I hope everybody has a great, great day. Ciao.